Sabanda. I'm a daughter here at the upper room and I'm married to Reward Sabanda. And we have an incredible opportunity and privilege to serve our amazing family on staff here at the upper room. Reward is the associate pastor here and we have been serving at the upper room since 2018. Although Reward has a bit more of a history with the upper room when it first got started and then the Lord sent him away for a few years. Uh, but together we've been um, serving since 2018. And this past Sunday, I had an opportunity to just share what I felt like the Lord has been just burning in me and highlighting in my own life. And that is our position of authority and seeing our true identity and um, applying that what God that which God has called us to be in and and prayer and standing in a place of authority and um, declaring certain things to be in alignment with the Word of God and as we pray just being able to to see ourselves um, as God sees us and being able to to position the things that are in our life and in alignment to the Word of God and so we really just got to witness the Holy Spirit breaking off some things and um, just really calling forth um, things that have been just maybe laying dormant in our lives and just activating our faith to grow and and the boldness to to speak um, the Word of God over every situation in our lives and so my my hope for you is as you're listening that you just be able to see your true identity as you see um, more of God and you be able to see more of you and the authority that he has placed over your life as a believer. Guys, I think I'm obsessed with prayer. I don't, because it, it actually, it actually um, has results. <laughs> so get in love with prayer. And then I just feel like it's like our, sec our secret weapon as believers. I don't have to deal with you. I just got to pray for you, you know. <laughs> um, literally, so when I was growing up, my mom is like the traditional African prayer warrior. So when we came to the U.S. and we would ask, Mom, can I go to Megan's house? Megan was like my BFF. Mom, can we go to Megan's house? No. And, and, and the thing is, I have a problem with the word no. And my parents didn't understand that because I want a conversation. Don't tell me no. If you tell me no, now I want to do that, that thing that you say no. And so my mom would be like, no, you can't. You can't go to Megan's house. And she'd be like, okay, I'm done arguing here. I'm going to go pray. And mom, please don't pray. Because if my mother prays for that hangout, it's going to rain. Megan's going to cope an attitude. She's going to like not want to hang out with you that night. Something is going to happen. It just messes it up. So I grew up knowing that if my mom don't get her mad, if she prays for you, it's a wrap. So I'm like, mom, please, please, you don't have to pray about it. Let's just talk this through. <laughs> So, you guys, I, 
I work in the ER. I work in um, in the hospital, and um, I see a lot of crazy things. Uh, <laughs> my husband says that I'm not allowed to talk about the things that I see. <laughs> but um, no, okay. <clears throat> but um, I I I talk to a lot of different people, and then I just wonder. What happened to you as a child? Have you guys ever had that question? Some talking to someone and then you're just like, what in the world? Like you don't say it like that to them. You just kind of like, yeah, of course, it makes sense. But in your mind, you're just thinking, what in the world happened to you for you to be the way that you are today, right? Babe, don't raise your hand because he asked me, actually, literally, he asked me that. Like, what happened to you? He does, but <clears throat> that's just because he doesn't understand certain things. But when, <laughs> when, when, when you encounter some weird things, you have to try to, your mind has to try to wrap itself around that thing, right? And so you ask, what happened? Because... If you understand what happens, maybe it will explain the human activity that you're facing, that you're like, I didn't even know human beings could do that. How did you, uh, okay, I'm not going to judge you because we can't judge you in the medical field. We cannot judge you. I, like, we just have to be like, oh, okay, fine, no problem. That makes sense. We see this all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because, because we want you guys to, like, trust us, right? <laughs> so, so, so... But in the back of my mind, at the end of the day, I start like replaying and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot, I just cannot believe that I saw that. So, but um, there, it's a funny question, but the, the reality of it is true. Um, it's actually serious because what happens in your formative years, right, has the ability to um, affect you later in life. And if you don't deal with things appropriately, like, um, they will come up at another time in your life. And if you don't deal with things, the enemy will continually steal your lunch in the same area of your life. And then you will start ascribing so much power to the kingdom of darkness. But the kingdom of darkness is actually, um, it's not, the, the kingdom of darkness, darkness itself is not a force. Darkness is the absence of light. And the reason why we have, darkness has so much power is because we have empowered darkness by the things that we have accepted when we were in our, in our days with no light, when we were children of darkness. So we empower darkness by the things that, the lies of the enemy that we believe. And so tonight, I kind of, I want to just go over a couple of things to establish a baseline for your identity because it's important for you to know what God says about you, to know your right standing and your position so that you know how to fight wars and then you don't fight the fruit, but you go straight to the root of the issue. Is that good, guys? Yeah. All right. Come on, Pam. <laughs> so we know, so it's the truth of the word of God that will expose the darkness in, in, our, in the areas in our lives. The Bible says in John 8, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And the word know in that context is genosko, which is the, the Greek word for how a husband intimately knows his wife in the Jewish culture. So we shall know the truth. We shall entangle ourselves. We shall be intimate with the truth. And the truth is what 
um, exposes darkness, right? And so my husband loves um, technology and stuff. And when we got married, we just, um, when we're about to fall asleep, I cannot sleep when I see even a dot of light. I'm like, oh, oh no, it's not right. So I would ask him, I would say, I would say, oh babe, do you mind? Do you mind getting the light? Can you get up? Because I'm already like, I, I am... I, I can't really get up. And so, so he would say, oh, okay, trying to be like, you know, like, I'm going to serve you. But he had an attitude. <laughs> so he would, he would try to do that. And so one day, he decided to set up the Google's home system and, and, and um, all the lights, he connected them to one device. So whenever I say, hey, can you, can you get the lights? I can't sleep. I see light under the door, and I, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. And so he would say, hey, Google, turn all my lights off. or you know, And then it just shuts down so he doesn't have to get up. So, um, But it only listens to his voice. I think it's kind of like racist or something. It doesn't listen to me. Like, it only... It's just like, hey, Google, and I'm like, if I say it, it doesn't do anything. It's like, hey, Google, and Google is like, hey, Google. <laughs> like, so I'm like, okay. Um, so what I love about this home system is that when, all, when it's so dark and I can't see and I'm concerned that I'm going to trip or, like, something, someone's going to be hiding in my house. I don't know. Um, I, I like that I can say, hey, Google, or he can say, hey, Google, turn all the lights, and all of a sudden the whole house is illuminated and we can see better and we, we know where everything is and we, can, we feel safe, right? And so I just believe that tonight... There's some lights that are going to go off in some hidden areas in your hearts. <laughs> so everyone put your hand on your heart. Say, hey, Holy Spirit, turn all the lights on. <laughs> all right. So if there's a corner that you haven't dealt with, I just believe that God's going to reveal that to you. So let's turn to uh, Galatians 4. Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you're sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son then an heir through God. When I read that, I get excited. I get an attitude against the enemy when I read that. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a daughter, y'all. I am a daughter. I was adopted. As a matter of fact, I like, I wish, you know how they have pastors and they have different leaders. I just want a title to say daughter. <laughs> I just think there's something so powerful about that. And so when we, we know that in the Western culture, Adoption is when a biological family um, relinquishes their control, uh, their parental control over their child. And then another family then um, assumes the responsibility of parenting over this child. It really is actually a really beautiful story. As a matter of fact, I was obsessed with um, adoption. And in high school, when I watched Gilmore Girls, I wanted to adopt a teenager. <laughs> I wanted to adopt a teenager so I could be close in age with my daughter and we could be like best friends. But... Um, 
everybody told me that's a terrible idea. So, and I don't, but because I, I just, I was obsessed with just the idea of adoption. There's a baby, nobody wants it. Somebody says, I want that. And then the baby, it's a beautiful story. But the people that have been adopted have to navigate with, through some complex emotions and complex things. Because yes, they're celebrating their acceptance, right? But on the other side, they have to deal with the, the feelings of rejection. They have to deal with both in the same time. They have to face the idea that somebody gave them up, even if it was for whatever reason it was, they have to, they deal with that, they can deal with that rejection and then dealing with, and then they also have to deal with, you gotta celebrate because you've been accepted into this family and so I want you to know that um, the enemy here's what the enemy did he embedded the root of rejection into the narrative of the story of our redemption um, and I want to show you what, what happened see the in the Roman culture in the Greek culture see I didn't know this but in the Roman and the Greek culture there was a time when a child has to step into their adulthood. And this was determined when the father decides that the child is now grown, is ready to transition into adulthood. And that's what the adoption was. And so the thing, the first thing is that your existence is by God's original desired plan. We, were, we never actually have had to deal with the rejection aspect of this adoption process because we always belonged to God. And so what Paul was talking about this adoption was referring to, was mirroring the culture of the Roman, of the Roman times where the father at the appointed time, right, then the word time there is the chronos, the, where, the Greek word chronos, where we get the chronological order. So at the appointed time, in the order of things, the father then appoints and says, wow, okay, I think it's time for you to mature into adulthood and I'm going to adopt you as a son and as a daughter. And that was through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the blood of Jesus Christ was the, was the ceremony that ushers us in into sonhood, into daughtership, right? So I, I always thought, okay, whoa, it's so awesome and special that I was adopted, but part of me, I'm like, so what was I before that? Was I not wanted? And so this is, this is how the enemy has injected the root of rejection subconsciously because you walk around looking for, to, for acceptance. You, if, I, if, if I can say these things to these people, maybe they will want me. If I can post these things on social media, maybe people will see how cool I am and then I'll get accepted. If I could do this, maybe I'll be with the inner circles. If I could, if I could just, if I could just because the root of rejection was embedded in the story of our redemption but it's important for us to establish this baseline of the truth of God that we were always wanted there was never a time when God said you were an afterthought when he was making people and then he's like you know I have this extra clay I'm gonna go ahead and make Keisha because she's little I think she can fit no like God had the whole plan made out because he wanted he had you in mind and it's the blood of Jesus that made this happen and so I want us to just um get that into our spirit if you knew that about your adoption some of you guys didn't know you were adopted you just found out today so I'm so glad this is why it's family time you're adopted we love you anyways um see 
the thing is, what happens, what, like I talked about, what happens in your formative years has the ability to have huge implications later in life, right? So my thinking was, well, if that's the case, that means that the truth of God laid as a foundation in the heart of a believer has the ability to change and shift the trajectory of us as children of God. And so this is why I'm going back to the basics. So that if we could just have that truth established. See, some of us think that, oh, you know what? We know our identity. We know who we are. But the thing is, identity is not, um, is not just limited to your sexual identity, you know? Praise God that you know your orientation, but identity transcends those things. And identity is not one of those things that's verbally articulated. You have to, it's a manifestation of someone who has perceived the knowledge of who God said they are. It's a manifestation. It's seen. It's not just talked about, right? And identity is, is also progressive in nature. Like, it, we don't... As we, as we start to know God more, we begin to see a character of God. And, and we, we just, as we, be, as we behold him, right, we become more like him. The more we walk towards God, the more we know about him, then we, we start to see ourselves rightly. Something falls, the scales fall, will fall off our eyes the more we get closer to God. You know, um. When you think about the knowledge of God, you think, oh, I'm just knowing God. But the knowledge of God has a bicameral effect in the sense that as we start to know him, he reveals who we are in him. And so then that in return gives us the authority to come against things in prayer and to know what's ours and what's not ours and to know what we can claim and what we can't claim because we know who we are. So it's foolishness when people say, I'm, I'm, I want to try to find myself. It's silly because you would never have enough. You're not enough to know everything that you need to know about yourself without God. You, we've got to be in the presence of God. If we, the more we want to see ourselves and the more we want to understand who God has made us to be so we can carry that authority, we got to be in the presence of God. And this is why I just love being in this place because I'll come and I'm like, I'm here to worship you. But then when I walk out, I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like a warrior or something. And I see, like, I'm like, and then all of a sudden, I'm, I feel like I have the audacity to call out the devil. I'm like, that's the enemy. I don't have time for you. Like, because when I come into the presence of God, I know that he's almighty. He's powerful. He can do all things. Nothing is impossible. When people tell me, I told my husband the other day, I called someone and they told me, well, that's going to be impossible for you. And I said, I got excited because he said, just because he said the wrong word, you said, it's gonna be impossible for me so I'm like do you know me do you maybe he doesn't know me he doesn't know me my whole life has been about things that have been impossible but God has identified and showed me who my my who I am in him so the more we spend time with God we build up our inner man right and we build up the faith in us so we know who we are in him so the second thing that I wanted to let you know, guys, is that you have ownership and legal rights in the kingdom. So, like, I, I need you guys to understand that. So the lie of the enemy here was that if you haven't attained it, then it's not yours. 
the, see, the assault on the identity of the believer gave birth to the spirit of relativism in the church. And here's what that looks like. So relativism is the idea that truth is relative. It's not absolute. It's your truth, own your truth, and I got my truth. And so in the church, it looks like we believe the promises of God until we step out of the church and we realize maybe we haven't attained certain promises. Then we start saying stuff like, well, I don't speak in tongues. I don't think it's for everyone. Oh, I'm not healed. I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's for everyone. Because that that's the relativism aspect of it creeping into the believer's life because the enemy wants us to say, if you don't have it yet, it's, then it's not yours. And then we build a whole theology around things we don't have instead, for, instead of going after the promises of God and saying, hey, this is, God, I don't have it and I'm uncomfortable that I heard my sister speaking in tongues and what's up, Holy Spirit? You know, like instead of going to the Lord and saying, God, this is what I want. I don't have it. And your word says I should have it. So God, I'm calling forth and I'm declaring these things in, over my life. And I'm, I'm believing that by faith, I will have those things. Instead of us doing that, we actually just say, well, it's awesome. I love it that it's for them. It's not for me. I've had this illness for so long. My, it runs in my family. Do you know why I don't like the, the question in the hospital? What's your family history? I'm like, it's none of your business. I'm under the blood. Like, why do you want to know that? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it really doesn't matter. It's irrelevant right now. Like, don't even worry about it because you're trying to tie me back. You're trying to drown me back. Like, I am under the blood. That means that you can't see nothing but red all over me. And so don't be bringing me back to the chains that held my people back. So I, I, I and, and it's sad. If you ever come and you're one of my patients I'm sorry if I ask you that it's not me but just know it's the computer I gotta fill that in so it's not but just know that you are not your grandmother you are not your mama's mama so you are under the blood and the things that held you back that held your people back don't have rights over your life oh Jesus I was, um, I was walking into work and there's this hallway. I just saw my coworker here. <laughs> hey, um, I just, um, I was walking into work and um, I noticed that my heart would just start beating. Y'all know this, so it's just so much going on out there. I, and I was walking in and then my heart would just beat, beat, beat really fast. And I'd be like, oh, I got to catch my breath. And then it happened one time. It happened again. And it happened again. And then I, I had a weekend off and I, I just sat and waited for it because I was like, what is going on? I, I know I'm not dying because I have an assignment. So I was like, so I didn't, I didn't tell my husband this story because I'm like, I'm not dying. Don't be those people that just post everything. Pray for me. Pray. Get, girl, get in your closet. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Do not be those people that just want to post prayer requests after prayer requests because you got authority. So anyway, so I was like, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk about this. I'm just going to, I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to wait for it and really see what's going down. So I sat down and I was like, what? and then the, I, the weekend came, my house is anointed, so it didn't come. So I went to, back to work. <laughs> I went back to work and then the thing started again. And I literally, this is me walking and I feel my heart and I stop. I'm like, 
Oh, I see your spirit of anxiety. You have no power here. Wrong house, wrong door. I command you to go to the pits of hell because you got the wrong one. This is not you. So I begin to pray and I say, Holy Spirit, I invite you here where the spirit of anxiety is trying to draw. So I was walking with the mask on and going, and I was, and I, I, I know you guys are mad about the mask, but have you thought about maybe the mask is to give you privacy when you pray in tongues? You know, I was doing that and I was like, and then that thing just like disappeared. It just like went away, like it never came back. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it went away. <clears throat> so then I just realized, I was like, man, the enemy is a bully. That's what my husband tells me. The enemy is a bully. He just tries to mess with you. Why? Because a week later, a coworker came to the nurse's station and said, Pam, I have cancer. And, and, and she's, she's like t talking to me about her process and all these things. And I hate cancer so much. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and something in me, and I got up and I was like, I don't know what you believe. I have to pray for you. She's like, oh, sure. And I just lean across and people are just walking. Around. I'm like, Jesus, we pray healing for this person. And I, just, and I just pray and I just ask the Holy Spirit to come and invade the situation and heal her. Because I felt like... Maybe this is what I'm called to do. That whenever I go into places, I speak order and correction to the things that are not to be the things that need to be, right? And so I just started thinking, what if us as believers, when we see things that are not right, people know that don't, don't tell those people. They'll pray for you and you'll get healed. <laughs> don't tell the upper room people because if you tell the upper room people problems, they feel cold to, to heal the nations. They, kill, they feel cold. To, to, they, they like that stuff, you know. And so I, I was thinking about that and then I was reminded of Scripture. Genesis 1, the Bible says, um, let them have dominion right let them have dominion over the things and the word dominion is radar in hebrew which means reign rule over things right and so i and i remembered in 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 the new testament one day the disciple was standing outside when jesus was walking out after his prayer time and the disciple was like hey jesus i've got a prayer set coming up what's on your heart how can i pray um what do you think i should lead out this prayer like and jesus said your kingdom come your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven because we are called to call the things of heaven to come here on earth to align and that is our position when we pray and so when when we, God had you here on earth part of that intentionality of him was to give you access see I come from a, a country where it was a British colony and so people walk around, all these Africans, talking the Queen's English. It's kind of weird if you think about it. But the British people, what happened, they just were God power hungry. And they said, sorry if there's any British people. I love you guys. Oh, my gosh. But, so, but British people 
decided they wanted to come to own and expand their power, right? So they went to Africa. They saw my country. They were like, we want that. And then they, they sent their delegates to come and own my country. And um, history, adults are so funny, guys, if you think about it. Does that make sense? But anyways, so they decided they wanted to own my country. So what that means is they, they bring their foreign influence. See, a colony is a, is a territory that is ruled by foreign influence, right? So what does the Bible say in, in Ephesians 3, 20? It says that we are citizens of heaven. So therefore, if we're citizens of heaven, what are we doing here on earth? We are creating a colony for heaven so what we're here we are representing a higher sovereign nation a metropolitan state the sovereign nation determines what happens here but we give access to heaven so this is why Jesus said to the disciple your kingdom come it's it's it's, a, it's an invitation for the government of heaven to come and and begin to make things divine influence on things that we see so this is why as a believers when we pray we don't need to beg God we just have to come and understand that we have power and legal rights to be here and to colonize this this nation to colonize our world with the things of heaven so when we pray when we see things that are off all we have to say is well I don't remember sickness being part of um, the heavens constitution so girl let me pray for you let's get rid of that thing or like let me let me let me delete deliver you. And so we've got to we got an itch to deliver people because you know what? <laughs> when we, people get delivered, the kingdom grows, right? So, so the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence shall take it by force. And Paul says, I did not come to you with, with eloquence of speech and wisdom, but I came to you in the spirit and power so that your wisdom, so that your faith will not rest in the wisdom of men. So the world is waiting and itching for the manifestations of sons and daughters not not of people that say oh I know my identity no excuse you while you know your identity we need power we need to see it we need to see the power of God through your life we want to we want to experience the power of God and I tell God like God if, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this let's see power let's see the dunamis power of God let's see men and women rise I want to tell of my I want to tell my great-grandkids about the power of the Holy Spirit, the things that I saw. I want the people around me to experience God without me even saying, I know my identity, I know who I am. No, here, you got healed, so what do you have to say? There is a God. You got set free, so what do you have to say? There is a God, because you have experienced the thing of God. So I just want us to begin to feel comfortable in the idea that we are rulers here on earth on behalf of the kingdom. We are able, we're called for higher things we're called to become the things that God has called us to be in and to be confident in it not, not to make apologies for for us wanting to pray and speak divine influence over things see the thing is if you believe a lie for too long it will start to sound right it will start it will start to sound true and I feel like there's some people in my generation that have believed a lie for so long and that you don't even know what truth is anymore because you have partnered with, with the lies that were spoken to you in darkness. But tonight, I just want us to come together. I feel I'm in the mood for taking over more territory tonight. Are you guys in the mood? <laughs>
we're not doing weak sauce prayers tonight because, because we, 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 guys, we can't. It's not the time for it. It's not the time for it. We've got to align. If, I don't care if you say, I don't know how to pray. It's not a trick. It's, it's really not. It's just you identifying with the authority that you possess as a kingdom of God and getting dangerous. That's literally it. And just, and literally the enemy knows where his, where his boundaries lie when people who know where they are stand and just say no this is unacceptable this this thing that I keep experiencing every night this night terrors that I keep experiencing this is unacceptable we have to to to, to get angry at things but the thing is if we get comfortable with it we cannot get rid of things that we're we're hold close to our hearts we cannot get rid of this is why and and people out have a patient will say Oh, my diabetes is acting up. And I, I just cringe. I'm like, ma'am, it's not your diabetes. Don't claim it. Don't claim it. This is not your diabetes. You are meant to be healed. So don't say it's mine. And I, and, and I don't, I don't, and, and it's not just that it's, I'm being petty, guys. I promise. The things that we identify with and we, we get in, in touch with, they don't, we can't be free from those things. If we say, this is my this, this is my that. Like, denounce those things. You're a child of God. If you're struggling with this one thing, say, this is the situation I'm in. This is where the enemy is trying to enter in, but I refuse. This is not mine. This is not my portion. And so tonight, I just want to take over some territory, and I just want us to enter into a place where right now, I want the Holy Spirit to highlight to you, Lord, where, where in my life have I just not really been paying attention and the enemy has crept in? Because you have to have your authority in that area in in, the, in your marriage over your children over your health over your finances where have where where lord so that that thing can be uprooted i remember when i was in third grade my teacher i was part of this choir class and my teachers were getting ready to prepare us for competition and and i heard them talking mess about the students and they literally were trash talking the kids. And they said they were trying to get rid of the kids so we can have enough uniforms. I mean, who does that? I mean, poverty, right? Because we didn't have enough. So like, anyways, so they were, had to get rid of some students. And they got to my name and they were started arguing whether we should keep Pam in the choir or not because we don't have enough uniforms. And one of them was about to kick me out. I want to find him on Facebook, but anyways, one of them was about to kick me out, and I, I was like, and I listened, and I don't know why they were talking out loud, I don't know, and he was about to kick me out, and the other one said, no, let's keep her, because she always remembers the key, and the other kids don't remember where to start, so we want to win, and, and, and I was like, so they, I walked around thinking, I just got kept because I remember the key. I, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff that triggers you to want to sing the wrong king intentionally to mess everybody up. I was like, I can't believe this. So I walked around 
feeling rejected because that lie said into my heart as a child that you were not wanted in this choir. The only reason is because of this, is that user spirit that you, you only were wanted for this particular thing. But fast forward, I was riding with my dad in, in the car and he said something significant. He, I was telling him about a song and he said, how does it go? And I forgot, I was told I could never, you know, I'm not a good singer or whatever. So I was like, and I started singing something. And he turned on the volume. He said, baby, you can sing. Oh, my gosh. And he, in that moment, the Lord shattered the, the, what the voice of the enemy because my father spoke life to me and that thing of lies that I was not wanting my, my voice is not good enough all this stuff completely dissipated in that moment because my father spoke truth to me he didn't even know that the teachers told me that and I walked around like y'all don't know any better because my daddy told me that I could sing and you know and, and I, they were like I mean, and I felt a new sense of confidence because there was truth that was spoken into my heart. And so I, I don't know what you've been told. I don't know the, inner, the lies that you've entertained without even knowing it or, or the things that have has come into your heart without you even realizing because the enemy is sneaky. And so in this moment, I just want us to stand and we're going to just pray. And if there's an area in your life that you just want to partner with the truth of the Holy Spirit. I just want to invite you to just come up and we're just going to pray together. Ministry team is going to be up here. We're going to pray. And this is so, such a significant moment for some of us. And so I just ask that if you, if you are, if you're over the service already, bless you, but don't want to have conversation in here. Go ahead and, and just exit. We bless you over there in the parking lot. But if, if you're in here and you just want God to partner with the Lord and what he's doing, I just want you to engage with the Lord here for the next couple of minutes. And we're just going to pray and take over uh, territory. It's not the time to, to feel sorry for ourselves and say, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. I can't believe I believe that. But it's the time to say, oh enemy, I see you. You don't have power. You don't have authority. I'm a daughter. I'm a son. I don't have to, I don't have to fight for these things. I, I know I've been set free. I just, because I haven't attained it, it's mine. I'm coming after it. And the promises of God, I, and so,